Hey guys, welcome back to the Vibe Within podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and today's episode, I am interviewing Amy um, from Amy Carnivore's Angel. She is um, Amy Carnivore's Angel on Instagram and just Carnivore's Angel on YouTube. She is awesome. I've gone to some of her um, online support groups a couple months ago, and she has a really awesome community where she talks about her health journey and her healing journey of autoimmune issues, some pretty severe autoimmune issues, um, a history of disordered eating, what has helped her, keto, carnivore, ketovore, different food allergies, sensitivities, intolerances. She really speaks truth about how messy it can all be when you're trying to heal your digestion, your autoimmune symptoms, your thyroid. She is a wealth of knowledge. I've learned a lot from her and her YouTube channel, especially about iodine, about the thyroid, about different you know, variables when it comes to different foods you're eating. She has been through a lot with her health over the last several years, and my journey really resonates with a lot of what she shares. So I went down the rabbit hole and I was just watching so many of her videos and I decided to bring her on the podcast because she is just so knowledgeable in so many different things and she is the kind of person that isn't going to preach one way of healing and she is very, very open and raw and truthful about how she's changed the way that she's eaten, how you're allowed to change your mind. You don't have to just decide you're carnivore and then forever you're a carnivore. Um, She is really a proponent of being able to, to tap into your body and make choices and decisions based on what is happening in your body and what is happening in your mind and connecting to how you feel when you eat certain foods without all the labels, without all of the dogma with diet and, you know, being strapped and chained to like one diet for the rest of your life, which is how the carnivore space really can be. So she's not, you know, all about carnivore. She, her, her name is Carnivore's Angel, but she is actually just a realist like me. So I'm excited to have her on the podcast. We talk about all things digestion, autoimmune healing, food, body, metabolism, diet, um, just so many different things. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you want to connect with her, you can find her at Carnivore's Angel on YouTube and um, Amy Carnivore's Angel on Instagram. All right, enjoy. Okay, so. As I was mentioning before, I have been binging all of your YouTube videos, and I feel like I, out of all the people in like the keto, carnivore, healing, food, body space, I really resonate with everything that you share because you are a realist, and you share what you're actually going through. You're, you're not coming from a place of, oh, I used to feel like shit or I used to feel like crap, and this is what I did and now I'm healed. You are literally sharing your healing journey each week, each month, what you're doing, what hasn't worked, Um, and that is just really helpful for me because the carnivore keto space can be very 
dogmatic. You actually have a video about that. Um, and people love to like chain themselves in these rooms of labels. And when we're trying to heal, that doesn't help. So I just want to welcome you to the podcast, Realist to Realist, and how I just like, you're my best friend, but you don't know that yet. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's funny you call me a realist. I've literally been saying that about myself for years and nobody agrees. They're all like, no, 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 that's a bad thing. That's a pessimist. And I'm like, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. So that was perfect. You have excellent intuition. Yeah. And um, I love how open and honest you are about when you're dealing with symptoms and, you know, like trying to track down what it was, this awareness of the body, awareness of what foods we're eating um, and how everybody is different and, and bioavailable and diet and food isn't going to be the, the fix all for everyone. So I'd love to kind of hear where you're at right now in your journey, your healing journey. I know you've gone through mental health issues, physical health issues, digestion issues, um, just like me. So I'd love to hear kind of like where you're at mentally right now and physically in, in that journey. It's so funny. I really wanted diet to be the magic answer. I wanted, and I've, I've had some people say, oh, well, you know, it's placebo. And, and I'm like, that's not the way placebo works. I wanted diet to be the answer. So it should have worked. So for me, it was kind of frustrating when diet didn't fix everything. And then I thought, oh, well, it's just because I don't have it dialed in or I didn't carnivore hard enough because we all hear that. I didn't keto properly. It was dirty keto. So you have to keto better and carnivore harder. And I look back and I honestly, I think I did my very best. I did the best that I was capable with. And every step along the way, whenever I started to get discouraged because the diet for me was not the answer, not to say it isn't a piece of the puzzle. It is a hundred percent like the foundation of my puzzle. But every time I would start to get discouraged and maybe even a little confused, my husband would, he would just be like, honey, I need you to stop. I need you to take a step back and I need you to look at what you're doing because you're doing what everyone else is doing. You're putting yourself into this box and you're getting this, this label is becoming who you are. And that's not who you are. It's like, you're not listening to yourself. You're brilliant and you are intuitive And I think you know what you need to do, but you're so worried about what other people are going to say that you're not doing it. And so, and usually it would just take a few minutes of me breaking down and crying and being like, oh my gosh, you're right. You're so right. And I love the way that he really kind of helps direct me and keep me on the path of who gives a care what other people say. This isn't about them. They're not the ones that have to go and deal with my pain. They're not the ones that can't get up in the morning. They're not the ones that are waking up three or four times a night because my blood sugar keeps crashing. They're not the ones who can't balance their electrolytes and are getting heart palpitations and lightheaded and about to pass out again. They're not the ones. So I have to do what's right for me. 
and listening to my internal voice, my knowing, uh, my best friend says inner clarity systems. And she says, you know, your, your inner clarity, she's hundred percent right. I have to listen to that. Yes. I still educate myself. I still learn from other people, but only I can figure out how to apply all of these different ingredients for the perfect formula for me as an individual in my circumstances. And it takes a lot of trial and error, which people don't want to um, admit or hear because, I mean, just from your channel alone, I mean, you go all in and you are teaching people at like an understandable level. I've learned about electrolytes, iodine, digestion, food, um, ketosis, like your numbers and, and all sorts, like everything you just said with the 3 a.m. wake ups and the cortisol spikes and just, I mean, the amount of information that you, that you know, and you go and you educate yourself and you do all these trainings and then you, you kind of like extract it in a way for people to understand it. And that's why I appreciate what you're doing so much, because for me, I can't listen to another podcast where someone's talking, where they, they've got it all figured out. Like, just do this. This is the formula and that's it. And you're going to feel better. Well, guess what? Like my situation's a little bit more tricky than that. I come from years of disordered eating, mental health issues, SIBO, parasites. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm tired also like the dogma in, in like the carnivore and the keto communities, there is like an overlap with eating disorders, which I'd love to talk about with you. And just this notion of like so strict, like no sweeteners, no this, no that, no coffee. And it's it's like, are we trying to heal or are we trying to, what are we trying to do? I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because you do talk about how you, you're a chronic under eater or you, you have labeled yourself as that. And I'd love to, to kind of talk about that where how do you get out of that? How do you start healing and how do you start eating more? And yeah. I know there's so many facets to my journey. There's so many things that I've been through and it is such a dogmatic place. And I was really kind of shocked when I got on the backside of it. It's like what happens behind the set, you know, behind the stage at any production, it's a mess. And that's where the secrets come out and where the, you know, things are hiding in the dark. I had no idea. And I've recently been debating whether or not to change my name. It's Carnivore's Angel. I'm debating whether or not to ditch the carnivore title. Because it's kind of a toxic place on some levels. And I've actually had some friends reach out to me and they said, yeah, you know, I asked my friend, my whoever, family member to join your group. But they said, oh, no. I'm not going to do that because that's a carnivore place. I don't like carnivores. So now I've got that stigma with my name and I'm like, well, hang on. It's apostrophe S. It's possessive. (laughs) I'm the angel. I'm not the carnivore. (laughs) But people see that. They see the carnivore and they immediately judge me because of it. I have someone in my Facebook group 
And someone asked a question that had nothing to do with carnivore. And she messaged me and she said, I thought that this was a place to learn how to do the carnivore way of eating properly. What the heck is this conversation? I didn't even respond. I was like, yeah, then you don't know me and you don't know my platforms because I have always said any way of eating, you're welcome here. I don't know that a vegan would fit in very well, but I'm certainly not going to kick you out unless you start telling people that what they're doing is wrong. Right. Well, I was vegan for for eight plus years and I, not anymore, but I I relate to everything that you say. Even if I was vegan, I think I'd still relate to what, what you share. And it's all about having respect for not only other people, but for ourselves. I think that's one of the reasons that we want to control what other people are doing so much because we're so out of control in our situation that we want to control what others are doing to give us this sense of power. Because honestly, I really truly believed that if I could just tell all of my family, all of my friends about eating this way keto at the time, it would fix all of their problems. And here I am almost four years later and I'm not fixed yet. And it's, it's very humbling to go, okay, maybe there's more to it than that. And I kind of wonder if this is how a lot of doctors start out, you know, oh, I can fix you. I can fix everything. I have all the knowledge. And then you really get out there and you go, wow, this is messy. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. Uh, You brought up my chronic under eating, which by the way, has been much, much better by the way, uh, recently. So I always had a really good appetite when I was standard American diet. No problems with that. Then I went keto, and then I started learning more about the keto sweeteners. They're not really good for you, and the almond flour, and the oxalates, and everything. So I removed everything that I wasn't supposed to eat, and my body, I honestly think I I have three tanks in my body. I've got a protein tank, I've got a fat tank, and I've got a carb tank. And my carb tank, when I was standard American diet, was always overflowing and it was filling into the other two. But it's it's like at the top. So when it spills over, it's spilling over and it's kind of taking the place of the other ones. Definitely not healthy, but, you know, it was there. So then I get rid of, you know, all the carbs and I get rid of most vegetables and all plant matter and things like that. And I'm eating nothing but meat and fat. So I can eat up until my protein is full, but but the protein is at the bottom. That's my lowest tank that other things kind of flow into. Once it's full, it can't go anywhere. There's nowhere else for it to go. And my body just goes, you're done. You cannot swallow the next bite. I will make you puke. And then I think it's similar with the fat, that when I eat enough fat and I get that tank full, Yes, it can take the place of the protein. It can flow over into the protein some. But once it's too full, my body will say, you're going to puke. And it's not because I want to. It'll either make me throw up or it'll start closing off my esophagus to where I can't even swallow. Yeah. So then what's my other option? Right. I've only got carbs left. And I've found that when I balance the three better, not standard American diet by any means, then I'm actually able to eat 
enough. So being carnivore, it was things like adding back in the sweeteners that would trigger my insulin and make me want to eat more. And I was hungrier for more food. And it worked out wonderfully because then I was actually able to eat enough. And part of that chemistry conundrum ends up being uh, a lot of my problem is I thought I had my chemistry figured out and I'm, I'm still struggling to figure that out. Right. And it's like, I thought that keto and carnivore was going to heal everything, you know, being as, as zero carb as possible or, um, staying away from all of the inflammatory foods. Real quick, before I get deeper into this episode, I want to talk to you guys about my sponsor for this podcast, BetterHelp. You guys know how much I love therapy. I have been in therapy for several years, but I've been using BetterHelp for about three years. And I love my therapist. She's amazing. Uh, So I'm very happy that BetterHelp has, you know, sponsored this podcast. And out of all of my sponsors, I got to be real, BetterHelp is my favorite because I actually use them every day, every week. Um, I have a great relationship with just the experience. And, you know, my therapist has helped me through so much the last couple years. And BetterHelp is very, very easy. You don't have to do it. Um, you don't have to do it, you know, you don't have to go to a, a freaking office. You don't have to take a drive. You don't have to take an Uber or a Lyft. You can just do it from the privacy of your own home or wherever you're traveling. You can do it video. You can do um, just an audio call if you're not comfortable doing video or you can do the messaging. And you can also message your therapist whenever you need to. There's also a journal feature, which I love because journaling and typing all of that stuff out of your head is so helpful. Um, So join over 2 million people who are using BetterHelp. That is crazy, 2 million people. Um, it has helped me so much just having someone on your side and having that outside perspective who is not going to judge you. Um, they're not going to hold anything over your head. They don't know um, any anything, any secrets that you tell them. They're not going to ever hold that against you. And that's what I love about my therapist. I could tell her the worst things I've ever done and she's not going to to judge me. Um, She's been very helpful with everything that I've gone through with, you know, the relationship with my mom and healing and and everything like that. And she does EMDR. So you can find a therapist who matches your personal needs, whether it's addiction, uh, substance abuse, trauma, eating disorders, relationship issues, you can find the perfect therapist and you can change the therapist as many times as you need. Uh, no charge, and it's super easy to, to navigate the app. So all you're going to do is go to betterhelp.com slash vibe for a discount, and that will get you a nice discount on your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash vibe for a 10% off discount your first month of online counseling. And I hope you do it because we all we all really need support. And if you haven't tried therapy yet, this is going to help you so much. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. We were talking about um, 
under eating, chronically under eating, and how that can overlap with our healing journey and carnivore and keto. And it's, it's kind of jarring because everything you just mentioned, it's like, okay, well, I, I ate healthy. I eliminated the carbs, then, then the oxalates. Um, some people are probably like, what the, what the hell is an oxalate? And I, I talk about it on my podcast about how I'm going through crazy oxalate dumping right now. And that can be part of the healing. And it's like, okay, you're doing everything right. You're focusing on glucose and ketones and like anti-inflammatory everything. And then you have these other symptoms that come out of nowhere. So what, first of all, like how did, how did it feel to start going through that oxalate issue? Was it instant for you? So what's funny is that I never had really bad oxalate dumping but my husband did like, it was terrible for him. So I got to experience it in two ways. Um, oxalates are just plants ways of protecting themselves. They don't want to be eaten any more than anything else wants to be eaten. So they do chemical warfare and oxalates generally bind to whatever calcium is in the food and your body can shuttle it out. But if there's not enough calcium or enough minerals, in the food that you're eating, then the oxalates will end up getting stored in your body. And most people can handle a certain number of oxalates every day that they can intake and be able to get rid of. But uh, grains, for instance, have a lot of oxalates in them and uh, leafy greens, spinach, almonds, things like that. So it all begins to store up in your body. And when you stop eating them, all of a sudden, your body goes fantastic. We get to get rid of all this stuff. I didn't eat as many oxalates as my husband did. My husband ate more oxalates and different, you know, just different genetics, things like that. For him, he started throwing kidney stones. And then people were, well, see, keto gives you kidney stones. Well, when you're eating seven to 10 cups of vegetables every day and everything is made out of almond flour, you're packing those oxalates in faster than your body can detox them. And then it can actually cause things like osteoporosis because it needs calcium to bind to. So it leaches calcium from your bones because oxalates are so toxic. Like it's, there's so much to it. And when I found out what we were doing, I had a lot of guilt because I was like, I literally could have killed my husband. If it had been bad enough, oxalates can store in the heart they can cause heart problems, heart attacks. There's so many things that go into what we're eating. And a lot of us just kind of take it as, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. I'm just going to try it. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then it, you know, whatever, not a big deal. But when you really get down to it, some of this stuff, it could actually kill you. Um, just like the standard American diet is pretty much guaranteed to kill you at some point in time in some way, whether it's a heart attack or a stroke, um, diabetes, we have so many different options, but I mean, the vegan diet, like I, the vegan diet is healthy. Right. And I was, I was vegan for, and vegetarian for many years. And I, the amount of oxalates I was consuming, but I didn't realize, and I like to say everything I was consuming and doing was actually like sabotaging my health. Um, so yeah, like 
the amount of spinach and almond products I was consuming. I mean, almond cream cheese, almond milk, almond flours, everything. And then, I mean, I'm still going through crazy oxalate dumping and withdrawals and it's coming in waves. And um, I've learned from you and Sally K. Norton and um, I'm taking like a magnesium calcium supplement, which has been helpful and doing the lemon stuff that you recommend, but it's crazy. I know there's so much to it. And then as soon as you figure this thing out, then there's ramifications. Oxalate dumping can last for 10 years. And so it's like, okay, now I'll just kind of ride the wave to the best of my ability. And then you find out about something else. And it just, it, sometimes it seems like it never ends and you could get very discouraged. I do know people who have gotten very discouraged and they're like, it's never ending. I'm never going to be able to get rid of all the plastic exposure. I'm never going to be able to get rid of all the chemicals in my house. I'm never going to be able to. And that's all they focus on. And so I, I choose to see it in a different way. Each thing that I uncover, whether it's iodine or oxalates or the amount of fat and protein and carbs that you're eating, every step brings me a little bit closer to my goal, which is just to be as healthy as I can be. I don't want to be a swimsuit model. I'm good. I really don't need to do that. I want to try to bring health to myself and to my family to the best of my ability through diet. But I also don't want to cause damage to my kids nor to myself mentally and emotionally. And that's been a huge part of this learning journey. And one of the reasons that I try to make sure that people use respect and they hold respect, not only from themselves, but for other people, because when we begin to judge and point fingers and say, you're not doing it right, that doesn't help anybody. How many times I'm correcting my kids. And I come at them with my finger out and I say, you're not listening to what I'm saying. They, they just shut off even more. But if I come around the back almost and go, you know, I kind of wonder what would happen if X, Y, Z, or I found that this was really helpful for me for this reason. Now, granted, there's a difference between my little kids and my adult children, but either one of them, they're going to respond better if I come in that direction and go, actually, when I tried it, this is what happened to me. I wonder what it's going to be for you. And I give them the respect of you are a human. You're going to make your choices and you also get to make your mistakes, but just keep in mind consequences come with those mistakes and put the power back in the other person's purview. So that they don't feel hopeless. Right. And nobody wants to be um, talked to like in a condescending or um, I can't believe you don't know this way. And that's the vibe I get from a lot of um, people in the carnivore space, keto space. And I think that's just what comes with like going down the rabbit hole and like just finding the people who resonate with you. But the amount of like shame that is injected in the carnivore and keto space, actually carnivore is more, um, I feel like accepting and it's better 
I feel like it's a better energy. Um, but there are some people who just like, I've had somebody who's carnivore tell me just take out all the, all the vegetables you're eating. And it's like, well, I'm eating lettuce and cucumbers. I'm going to keep that because I like it. And because I come from a history of anorexia. And if you're going to tell me that I can't have my lettuce and my cucumbers, like that doesn't sit right with me. Um, for you to tell me that all my problems will go away because once I eliminate the lettuce and the cucumbers, well, that's my problem. No, like, no, like absolutely not. Like I have parasites, I have SIBO, I have candida, I have heavy, heavy metals, I'm, I'm high lead and cadmium, I just found out. So it's like, what are your thoughts on that? It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's so hard because... For the ones that it worked for, they think that they have the answer. It worked for them. All they did was, and they got better. Eat meat, zero yeah. carb. Yeah. Exactly. And all your problems will be fixed. Just eat meat. And for them, it worked. And the ones who are humble enough to listen to what I'm saying and believe me, that I really did just eat meat. I wasn't cheating. I wasn't doing anything else and it didn't work when they can step back and go, okay, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's more to this. Those are the ones that I have the utmost respect for because they found their utopia their nirvana, they found the answer and they've been shouting it from the rooftops, trying to save other people. And then when I come to them and part of the problem is that a lot of people aren't open with their issues. We don't talk about what didn't work. We don't want to admit that I tried this and I'm going to be real. It failed. Nobody wants to talk about that. We like positives. We like positive reinforcement. We don't want to tell people when things don't work. And I think that's one of the biggest shames in this space is, I want to say it's closer to 60, 70% that it doesn't work for. Mm -hmm. Those people don't come out to say anything. They feel like they're the failure. They're right. the problem. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, well, you're the common denominator. I've heard that so many times and it's like, wow, that's so, that's such a shitty thing to say. And it's like, I think we hyper-focus, a lot of people hyper-focus on macros, you know, and that's, that makes sense because with everything you share, especially on your channel, it's like, you're, you're trying to heal, which, you know, being in ketosis and getting your ketones up helps obviously. And, um, you know, the fat and protein ratio is going to play into that. So I think a lot of people, I mean, your why is different. Everybody's why is different. And you talk about having a why that makes you cry. And, um, for some people, their why is just weight loss or maybe digestive upset, or, you know, could go as deep as parasites, but what, how do you navigate through that? Like what has worked for you as far as, cause you, you, you are very vocal about, okay, that stopped working. Like how things will work. It'll gain the momentum and then it'll stop working. Like you're high fat or, you know, moderate protein, higher fat. 
So yeah, just like what has worked for you? And then when it stops working, how do you know? And then how do you figure out what to do? So I will say dirty keto worked for me fantastically. Dirty keto got me off of all of my antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. It lost me 70 pounds. And then carnivore worked for me, both high protein and high fat for different reasons in different seasons. And then clean keto worked for me. <laughs> I, I have a series of videos on my channel called the three realms of keto. And I show a color wheel and it's not your typical color wheel that has like the, the distinct different colors. They all blend together and it's this gorgeous kaleidoscope. And the concept is if you really zoom in, you know, there's like 2 million pixels on this thing and each little individual pixel color is a person. And you may look really, 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 really similar to the person right next to you, but there are slight differences. So even if you find your group of, let's say the high fat carnivores, you all look from a distance, like you're all doing the exact same thing and you're all exactly the same and it's all exactly working exactly. But then when you really get in closer, you find out, well, this person doesn't eat this and this person only eats this and this person feels better with only this. So there's always those nuances to it. So in a way, everything that I've tried has worked for me and it's brought me closer and one step further and more education. And then the way that I knew that it stopped working, it's been different in every situation. So with the dirty keto, I wasn't losing weight anymore. I lost 70 pounds and then I stopped losing weight and I didn't just lose it all linear. It was, I would lose quite a bit and then I would plateau and then I would start to lose again and then it would slow down back and forth, up and down a little bit. But then once I had hit a pretty good stall, I went, okay, it's time for me to probably clean it up those carb balanced tortillas. Yeah. I was using a lot of those. I would say at least half a package every day. And I would go to take it and I'd go, I don't think this is probably the best for me, but I'm going to eat it anyways. And I eventually got to the point where I said, okay, I know that this isn't good for me and I need to actually let it go. But there was several things that I went, I'm like you said, with your lettuce and your cucumbers, I'm sorry, if it's causing me some issues, I'm keeping it. Mm -hmm. And there definitely were those times where I went, I'm sorry, I'm definitely keeping it. And that's sometimes, you know, when you get the shaming, yeah, the, well, you're not really a carnivore. That's fine. <laughs> If that's the way that I have to be a carnivore, then you're right. I'm not. I think right. if you look up the definition of carnivore, I think it's anything that is just animal based. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's when you eat 75 or percent or more um, of meat, that's, that's a carnivore based diet, but yeah, a lot of food fear, a lot of food, um, you know, phobias, like literally. And I think that is what triggers me to remember a lot of my 
eating disorder and I'm still in recovery from my eating disorder and trying to find that balance. And I think not enough people actually talk about that too. It's like, oh no, like it's not like you wake up one day and you're recovered from your PTSD and your depression or your eating disorder. Like you're, you're like, it's an ebb and flow thing. And I've heard a lot of people in the carnivore space say that carnivore helped them recover from their eating disorder. And then there's a lot of people who, um, I think demonize food. Um, and in your, one of your most recent videos, you're talking about, guess what? I'm adding some carbs. Like (laughs) I'm eating canned pumpkin and I'm like, oh my God, me too. (laughs) Like I've been, I've been eating that too recently. I don't know why I just like have felt called to, I don't, I really don't know why. And it's fine. It's, it's working with my body, but the food fear is crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this pumpkin is excellent for clearing out parasites. So that totally makes sense for you to be like, I need this Uh, pumpkin and pumpkin seeds too can be very, very good for parasites, but it's part of the reason that it took me two years to finally go, I'm going to eat some canned pumpkin. Part of that reason is because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to stay two months ago. If you would have asked me, are you going to be keto or carnivore forever? My answer would have been unequivocally yes. And then it started up again where my throat was not letting me swallow and my heart palpitations were starting to come back. I've had to have an ablation where they went in and they burned the inside of my heart to get it stop freaking out. Why do you think you were having those palpitations? So at the time I was gluten-free, um, and very strictly so, but I was still medicated. So on a lot of stuff, uh, still had a lot of stress in my life, but my heart rate would drop to 33 beats a minute because my heart would twitch. It would have the spasm and it would cause me to miss the next beat. And then I would end up passing out. Oh my God. Yeah. And this was, I was still standard American diet. You know, I was gluten-free. I was gluten-free at that point in time. So still eating plenty of carbs, but the stress in my life was off the charts. I was going through a divorce, was having all kinds of problems. And then on top of that, I had a friend over who was celiac, who had celiac disease. She, um, she came over and she was looking for a cup in the cupboard and she goes, Amy, I said, yeah, what? She goes, you're not taking these. Are you? I was like, vitamin C. Yeah, I am. She goes, honey, you can't take these. These are made with ascorbic acid. And this one was made from wheat. (sighs) And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm taking those. And that helped tremendously. So I was getting poisoned. That was part of it. But the stress in my life was out of control and I was not handling it well. I didn't know bad things happened until I was in my thirties. Yeah. I I had no idea. I had the perfect childhood. I mean, the perfect, absolutely everything. And I wasn't spoiled. You know, I wasn't rich. I didn't have everything but I had exactly enough. 
And I was very well taken care of, very loved. My parents are still married 52 years. Wow, it's amazing. No trauma, no abuse, nothing. Not until I was almost in my 30s did I realize, wow, there's a world and it kind of sucks. And that's when my bubble popped. And that just goes to show you, you don't have to come from a background of trauma or um, any craziness to have health issues, to have autoimmune issues, because people love to um, say that autoimmune issues are a manifestation of something that maybe you created or maybe something that you went through or, you know, like um, I'm, I'm going through a really stressful time in my life too. And I actually had to wear a heart monitor for two weeks. I just got it off like two days ago. Um, and it was just like a, a, just a precaution, just, just to see what's anxiety and what's, what's an actual heart palpitation and what's, you know, so that'll be interesting to get the results from that. But yeah, like it got to the point where I was trying to sleep and I was having heart palpitations, but then, you know, it's like, I want to, I want to know what it's actually happening. And then when I learn from you, it's like, okay, well, it could be electrolytes, potassium, iodine, this, that. So really it's like, you have to be, um, an experimenter and really be down to do these experiments and tests to figure it out so that you can rule things out. I've had so many people make suggestions. Have you had this test? Have you checked this? Have you looked into this? Have you tried this? Unfortunately, I do not have any money trees here on my property. And I do not have unlimited funds to be able to try all of these things. And I've had some people ask me, how on earth could you possibly keep hope? And it's like, how could I not? I have so many amazing things in my life. And I have to really focus sometimes on the good things. I have lived a fantastic life. I've gone through some really crappy stuff, but when I really look at it, I'm alive. I have a roof over my head. I still have power (laughs) in my house. My water, it may not be the cleanest water, but I have water and my food may be from the grocery store, but I'm still eating. And so finding those good positives, that really is where you, you kind of have to shift because yeah, it can look hopeless. I have Lyme disease, two forms of it with eight co-infections. And I have an H. pylori overgrowth. I'm very low on a lot of my good gut bugs. I have so many things that could be working against me. And yet instead I go, watch what I can overcome. Watch Mm -hmm. what I can shine through because there's no other option. And that is where the realist has to be very careful of where they focus. Because it can become so overwhelming, like to the point of burnout. Because if you're absorbing all of this information from every single channel or podcast that you're listening to, you really have to like dwindle it down to a short list of, of people who, and that's, I think that's why I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go all in and just 
I'm going to be part of Amy's network. I'm going to watch all her videos because I feel like what you just explained, well, you're still positive and, and you still, you like you put out that faith energy and that's what I need right now. And that's why I, I watch your videos because I feel like, okay, this woman is going through some health issues that are maybe a little worse than mine. And look, she's positive and she's got a smile on her face and she's talking to people. And, you know, I think the whole health journey can strip you of your identity and your dignity and your faith and your just like spark for life. And I think it's really important to find community and support, whether that's just watching a YouTube video. I mean, you're, you do these, I, you, you do these YouTube streams, these lives where you answer people's questions. Okay. And, and the amount of information, it's my mind is like blown sometimes. Um, so I don't know if you want to share about your mighty network and what you do over there, um, which I'm, I'm part of that over there. And I found a lot of help, like just even watching your playbacks of the meetings that I didn't attend at all, um, but just like watching them and having a support, it's just, it, it's a game changer. So that's what's uh, really kind of incredible about my, I guess, social media platform story. I started a, a YouTube channel. My husband had been asking me to for like a year. And I just, I was like, no one's going to watch. No one's going to want to do it. No, no one's going to know. Finally did that. And then I discovered that groups were a thing. I, I had no idea that groups even existed. Um, by the way, the name carnivore's angel, my husband was carnivore at the time. And so I was like, what, what should my name be for YouTube? And he said, carnivore's angel. And I was like, but I'm not carnivore. And he goes, no, but I am. And you're my angel. That's and so actually cute. my, my necklace, the pendant is an angel wing. Um, that was one of the first things that he ever bought for me when we got married. So that's where the title came from. And I had my YouTube channel and I found out that groups are a thing. And then I joined a couple of groups, was, was part of several groups, uh, a keto low carb group, and then also a carnivore group. And I found out that I wasn't carnivore enough. And, but, and yet it was, it was a fantastic thing because I was encouraged to start my own group. And what do you guys do? What do you guys focus on in your groups and what are, what are people trying to accomplish in your groups? And that's what I think. That's what I think kind of separates my group from a lot of the other ones is I'm pretty inclusive. I say anything from low carb up to carnivore, super strict, all in carnivore, nose to tail, nothing else. They're all welcome. I have them all. Yeah, you do. And I, I love having the eclectic group. I call it my Island of misfit toys because for a lot of the people that are in my groups, uh, mighty network, there's a free area. And then we also have a VIP area where we get together more frequently. Most of the people that are in there, it's not working for them. And it's the first place that they've been able to come out and say, it's not working for me. 
Right. Like, what can we do to troubleshoot? Exactly. And so I have this eclectic group of people who have been through pretty much everything from the low carb all the way over to the super strict carnivore and all of the health problems that are in my group, such a huge wide range. So those people, and I ask everyone, when you come into my group, please just share from your experience. Don't tell people what they should do, but offer them what worked for you or what didn't work for you from your point of experience. And it helps to keep the respect in there. So that's why and how I started this group is I I wasn't carnivore enough. I was encouraged to go and start my own group. And I was talking to my husband. I was like, what do we, what do we do? And he was like, let's take everybody. I said, I love it. I, I love it because I, I don't judge. I am not here to judge because if I judge you, then you get to judge me. I don't, I don't like it when other people judge me. So I'm giving others the respect that I would like to get back. And can we all share what has worked and what hasn't? And because anecdotal feedback is important to me, at least, because if this person's going through the same issues and like something didn't work for them and then something did, I can be like, oh my God, it's not just in my head. Like it's like I had two spoons of, of, of milk yogurt the other night. I had a full-blown meltdown the next day. And I haven't had dairy in many, many years. And this was just an experiment. It's two spoons. I had a literal panic attack meltdown the next day. Like I should have been like, you know, I should have gotten like some kind of pill to like sedate me. You can't make that shit up. And Mm -hmm. like, where am I supposed to go and talk about that? Like my therapist is not going to understand really. Um, I want to talk to real people and, and know that this is normal and what do you do? You know, and it's finding a support, finding people who you can just feel safe with. That's what I'm searching for right now. Yeah. I wasn't able to find that. So I figured I'd go make it myself. Yeah. So where can people find that, um, offering the mighty network and, if there's anything else that you want to share, let people know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on YouTube, Carnivore's Angel. On Instagram, Amy, Carnivore's Angel. And then the Mighty Network, also Carnivore's Angel. You just go and search it. I want people to know that they're not alone. Because we feel like we're alone. And crazy. Yeah. And crazy. Exactly. When something doesn't work or when we get some ridiculously crazy response to two spoonfuls of yogurt, right. You start to like question yourself. You're like, there's no way, there's no way. And I like isolate Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, there's no way that I can ever date. You know, I mean, like if that happens with yogurt, what, what, what's going to happen if, you know, I, go out on a date and some, some, I, I have something at a restaurant, you know, it's like, it's real fears. So it's, it's terrifying enough out there in the world. We're always trying to fit in. And that's why we 
get these boxes and we jump into the box and we're like, I'm a carnivore. I have friends. I fit in. And then it doesn't work anymore. And we hide in the closet. We close the door and we go, I'm still a carnivore. I'm still a carnivore. And people are getting heart palpitations and they're passing out and their muscles atrophying. They aren't absorbing any of their nutrients and all these things are happening, but they're too afraid and they don't say anything. So sometimes in these group meetings that we have with the VIPs, people will open up, they'll open up specifically about their eating disorders and the struggles that they're going through and tears will be shed. And it's not just by one person. It's by multiples because we feel each other's pain because we've been there. And if I haven't been there, I know someone who has, and I can point you in their direction and I can root both of you on from the sidelines and be your cheerleader because you're not alone. There's a lot of stuff in this world that is terrible and hard, but we don't have to do it alone. I, I thought that even having a husband who did this with me, I had the golden ticket. I was good. I didn't need anybody else. It was just him and me. And then I found that there's so much more from people who do go through the exact same thing that I do, but it's a hundred percent worth it to find your people, your true, honest, real people, and to be honest about who you are. Don't pretend that you're a carnivore. If you're not really a carnivore, don't pretend that you're a vegan when you're not really a vegan. Don't do right. it because you your health, to be loved. Like health is just, let's focus on like feeling better. Let's focus on that and not just trying to fit molds so that you can have community, but that community isn't really, you know, so. I'm excited to be part of your community and keep binging your, your your videos and learning from you because you are a wealth of knowledge and you're just so giving and you can tell that you just really want to help people. So yeah, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on and I'm sure we will have a lot more to talk about in the future. Yes.